0: We'll bow your heads with me dear God we come to you now and we just ask that you speak directly to us dear Lord and just let us hear the message you have prepared for us and dear Lord just allow us to go out and live it in Christ's name we pray amen amen so we are walking our way through the book of Galatians and we have entered into the fifth chapter there's six chapters so we're getting close all right and we have been talking been talking a lot about the uh, cultural issues the um, the, the divisions that were going on inside of this church, and uh, we have kind of been pointing a finger at the Judaizers that were there, that were kind of trying to pull the Gentile Christians back into the works of the law, into the tr- rites, and tr- the traditions, and the pressure that was being put on them, and at the same time, though, there is, uh, there is um, some blame that needs to go to the Gentile Christians who were, you know, given into that pressure, and they were becoming circumcised and they were going back into the rights and the traditions of the law. And these are and these are people who did not grow up with that tradition. And they were just um, in, in all essence giving in to cultural pressure, giving in to societal pressure. And it is hard, it is hard to stand up. It is hard sometimes to uh, stand when when you know the majority is pushing you another way. And sometimes it's hard to stand when um, you know what's right, but the pressure is great. And that's, uh, that's pretty much the definition of being an adult, right? Uh, we were talking with uh, our friends the other night and uh, I was telling them a story about one time Jake was hurt. He hurt his wrist and I, kind of, I kind of thought he was dogging it a little bit. It wasn't hurt as bad as he was letting on. So I took him to the dollar store and we bought him this $3 wrap. And he was on the way to football practice, and um, I, as he was putting it on, I said, now, bud, that, that's got copper in it, and, and it'll give you, like, inner healing energy. And, and, and he was like, as he was putting it on, he goes, yeah, I think I feel it. <laughs> and right then I figured out, like, parenting's like 90% pulling it over your kid's eyes, like, <laughs> pushing them in <into> the stuff. <laughs> okay, I'm not saying lie to them. <laughs> All right. I'm just, just saying sometimes you got to, Sometimes you just gotta lead them a little bit. So, um, but there's a lot of there's a lot of pressure um, in this world. There was a lot of pressure back in that world, right? And um, regardless of why people are being motivated, if it's pulling you away from the truth, that's not a good thing, right? And if you know the truth, and you know what's right, and you give in to pressures that go that lead you to falsehoods and to not doing the right thing, then that's an issue. That's a problem here. So this is, uh, this is where we are this morning, and um, this, is a, this is a pretty, pretty simple, um, yet it's a very impactful, very, very, extremely impactful set of verses. It starts out very, very plainly here. It just says, stand fast, okay? Some of your different translations will say, stand firm, all right? Um, the other ones would be, you know, like, dig in. Okay, stand upon the foundations, be strong, but stand fast, therefore, in the liberty why, by which Christ has made us free. Okay, so we understand, and listen, there's, a, there's this, sometimes this gap, and sometimes it's, it's wide, and sometimes we, we kind of make it more narrow, but there's this gap that exists here in between you know, our ideals, what we know is the truth, the things that we know we're supposed to do in life, and then what we actually practice in life. So we have these things that these are, these are my beliefs, okay? and then there's these things that you know, we practice, we exhibit in our life. And, if, and, and sometimes that gap is really wide, and, and sometimes we get it more narrow. But the thing is that at some point, some point, our actions, the way we live, the things that we exhibit in our lives need to start matching up more closely to what our beliefs are, okay? And so this is what, he's starting out with a pretty powerful statement right here, and it is the statement that Christ is where freedom is found. So if you're shackled this morning by any kind of sin, any kind of, Of trouble, any kind of uh, disagreement, any kind of division, anything that's going on where you feel like you are bound, you're shackled, okay, you don't have a freedom in that relationship, in that situation, then we need to reflect back on where true freedom is found, okay. Sometimes we need comfort and we need, uh, you know, peace of mind, and we look for it in a plethora of different places, but the Bible teaches us that true peace, the only peace that which can withstand this world, is found in Jesus Christ. All right, And the only true happiness, contentment, found in this world, is when we go through Jesus Christ. Now, a lot of times we go through different elements, through different avenues, but I'm telling you, that is a dead end. And if you do find happiness, contentment, then that is temporary. But the things that we build on here, through Christ, those are permanent Right, that's where you find permanent peace. That's where you find permanent liberty. All right, and so there, we're, we're, he's making the statement that true liberty is found through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who makes us free. That should be just a just a blanket statement of belief, right there. Okay, there is no other way. There is no other way to reach uh, freedom from sin, freedom from this world, from the powers. Remember we talked about in the very beginning of this book, he talks about the evil powers of this age, the powers that are going to be pounding on you, the things that will tempt you, the things that will try to divert you from the truth. Okay, Jesus Christ has made those null and void. Those powers do not exist now because now we have the power of the kingdom here now. And we are able to serve, we are able to live in a type of freedom which escapes us from the powers of this earth. So that is what is being said there. And do not be entangled again with a yoke of bondage. So there it is. Now that we have freedom. Now we we know where freedom exists, where we find it, how we get there. It's through Jesus Christ. It's found only in Jesus Christ. Now the statement is, don't entangle yourself with a yoke of bondage. Now, I've said this before. I have nothing in the Bible that, that shows me this. I believe... Jesus was a woodworker, was a carpenter, whatever kind of translation you read. I believe that my, he was known for making yokes. He was a good yoke maker. I have nothing to point that to. It's just the way he talks about a yoke continually, how he, he just understands the science behind it, okay? But here's the reality of the situation here, all right? There's, last week, we talked about the two covenants. Remember that? This week, we're going to talk about the two yokes. So there's two yokes. There's a yoke of bondage, that is when you hook yourself up with the powers of this world, with people who are giving you advice. Friends mean well, but if they can't point to the advice they're giving you found in the Bible, and that it's, it's resting on Scripture, then thank them for their time and their advice, but don't take it. Alright? And it's the same thing with anybody giving you advice. Ask them, where is this found in the Bible? Re- look it up for yourself. Find it. And then base things that you do, decisions and the philosophies of your life on the Bible, right? Otherwise, you will find yourself in a yoke of bondage. And the bad part about this is that we put the yoke on ourselves. We entangle ourselves in bondage and slavery and sin. If you want to know where the root of most of your problems are in this life, look in the mirror, and there he is looking at me each and every morning. I look at him, and I'm like, oh, it's you again. All right? But that's that's the honest God's truth. We, and, and here's the thing that we do is we spend a lot of time thinking, and, and just be honest with yourself, okay? You know me, I'm pretty blunt with you. and, and But, but I'm, I'm telling you because I know because I'm here with you, and I, I'm living life too. I'm, I'm, like Natalie just said, I'm, Like Paul, the worst of all the sinners, but but here's the deal: is we spend more time thinking about how we can make ourselves a victim in each and every situation than we do praying about how can we make this situation be resolved in a Christian manner. Am I wrong? When you ask a tough question, you ask them, you get this. You don't get this. Like you get this. Like a little little nudge. All right. So there it is. Don't find yourself in a yoke of bondage. All right. And what happens is we drag ourselves back into the things. And that is what was going on here. These people knew they had freedom given to them by Jesus Christ. And they were being taken back and led back and allowed to be led back into the law, into requirements, into restrictions that didn't need to be there. Jesus Christ released them from it. And look at your life and see where you have places of bondage. See where you have shackled yourself. And then go to Jesus Christ and ask him, "Help me remove my own shackles I've put on me." Okay? And then here's the here's just the bold truth. It says, "Indeed, I Paul, and, and this is he, he's saying this, he's wanting them to know this is coming from him. And, and he, this is one of those statements like, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, and say that to you that if you become circumcised, if you go through, if, and he's talking to these Gentile Christians that were allowing themselves to be pulled back into this, these rites and these traditions of the law, okay, and the things that Jesus Christ had freed them from with his life, death, resurrection, and ascension, all right. They had been freed from this stuff. And it says that if you allow yourself to, lead, to be led back into circumcision, if you allow yourself to be led back into bondage, then it says Christ will profit you nothing. Now, that's a pretty damning statement, isn't it? It's a pretty tough statement. And here's, here's the bottom line. and Here's what we need to, to figure out in our own lives is that sometimes we try to figure out how can, I, how can I rectify this situation? How can I, let's just, I'm just going to put it in Aaron language, okay? How can I get myself out of this? And how in the world did I get myself into this? And then here's where we go next, okay? How can I explain this to you fill in the, the blank in your own life, right? How can I explain this to Ariane where I don't sound like the idiot or the, the, you know, just the person, just horrible person? How can I explain this to whatever, anywhere? Okay, but how can I explain this to where I don't sound like I'm the one to blame? And then how can I turn this around to where I'm the victim? And then how can I make this to where I come out looking pretty good? And in the process of all that, we end up hurting people, we lie more, we dig ourselves into, into a bigger hole. And then here's the other thing, is that we end up putting more and more shackles on ourselves. And then, and I'm speaking for myself here, and, and you plug yourself into. And then, I got the gall to look up in heaven and say, well, Jesus, you let me down this time. And it's just the story of humankind. What happened when Adam and Eve found themselves in sin, knew they were naked, clothed themselves, and God walks up and says, why have you covered yourself? And they, what was Adam's first reaction? Did he fall on his knees, ask for forgiveness, say, I, I, I just failed you, I'm sorry, what can we do to fix this? What did he say? I was doing pretty good until what? You sent this woman to me. That is the blame game, and it has been happening since the virtual dawn of age. When the first sin happened, the reaction was what? To blame someone else. How can I get out of it? How can I tell this story without looking like a fool? And how can I become the victim? And that's what he does right here. And this is what goes on in our lives. And in the process of that, we just continually shackle ourselves. We continually dig ourselves into these holes and to to bring, you know, division. And what what happens when you handle a problem like that? Okay, what happens to that relationship? Does it end up well? It could, but there's a lot of work that has to go on there. But what happens is we end up dividing, more division, permanent division, and we're looking around like, why aren't we growing? Why aren't we more united? And the only place that we have to look is to ourselves. Because we are our own worst enemies. And we're the ones, if, if you want to know why you end up in a bad place, usually it's because you led yourself there. Or you allowed somebody to, to lead you there. But, what a, but what, a, what a tough statement to know that we have Jesus Christ in the things that we do. The approach that we take. The actions that we do. Christ prophesies nothing. Because he can't be a part of that kind of deal. We're looking for grace when we've brought ourselves back into legalism. And that's what it says right there. And I testify again to every man who becomes circumcised, he becomes a debtor to keep the whole law. We've been freed from it. And yet we want to go back in and shackle ourselves. And then we judge people, and we use a very strict judgment for them, where we're very liberal with our own judgment. And then the whole whole time, we just keep digging ourselves further and further back into it. And we become debtors, and here's the deal. We couldn't pay the debt the first time. It's been paid for us. We have received salvation, we have received grace, And we have received freedom from Jesus Christ. And yet, while we live in the things that we do, in the approaches that we take, we end up putting ourselves back as a debtor. And we couldn't pay it the first time. We surely can't pay it the second time. But yet, we are blinded sometimes by our own selfishness. We are blinded sometimes, whatever it is, your own pride, your failure to admit you're wrong. Um, Here's... Here's probably the biggest motivator in life, fear. Fear. Fear is the enemy of faith. There's fear to fail. People do things because they're afraid they're going to fail. Somebody's going to find out that they didn't accomplish 100% of the time, so we're afraid to fail. And then there's the other side of that coin. Some people are afraid to succeed because then, oh, what are they going to expect from me now? And I, I, I got to keep this up. It's like the first anniversary you have; you go out and do everything in the world, and then the day after, you're like, "Hmm, what am I going to do next year?" I got twenty, thirty, forty years with this person. How am I going to keep this up? Okay, that's a little joke there, in case you guys want to laugh. But anyways, we find we are we are our own debtors, and, and sometimes we're the ones who can't quit. I mean, we're like a bad gambler in Vegas. We can't quit. And and we keep throwing... You ever heard the, the expression throwing good money after bad? Don't raise your hand, but how many times in your life have you thrown good money after bad? And I don't just mean dollars. I mean good effort, good stuff, and you've done it while you're chasing a bad result. And we have been freed from it. There is the... There is the opportunity to look and find true freedom, true peace, and true joy, but yet sometimes we are so blinded by our own pride and vanity and our failure to admit that we're wrong, our failure to admit that we made a mistake, and yet we still keep climbing deeper and deeper into debt. And then this is another tough statement here, okay? So let's... Make sure that we get, it, we get it biblically right here because this gets taken out of context some. You have become estranged from Christ. So what this means is that in your actions, you have pushed away Jesus Christ. So we, this is my time where I remind you what your responsibility as a Christian is each and every morning. When you wake up, what's the first thing we're supposed to do? Pray a prayer of emptying, which is reflective of the attitude Jesus Christ took as his journey to the cross, okay? And it is, remove me of myself, okay? I surrender my rights and fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can take on an attitude of humility, of servants, of being a good steward, and you can guide and direct me so that I can live and you can live through me, all right? So that's our first Job in the morning, each and every morning. Remove me of me, make me an empty vessel. The Holy Spirit's there, but let him fill you. Let him guide and direct you, all right? And if we don't do that, when we don't do that, and just just ask yourself. I had a a conversation with some youth this week, okay? And I just asked them, what's your Bible reading like? All right, so just ask yourself. Just do a little audit here. How much do I read the Bible? Okay, because we walk around and say, well, I base my life on the Bible. I'm a Christian, all right? So, how's that reading go? What's prayer life like? Okay. Because the, the relationship with Jesus Christ, it has to be an everyday relationship. It can't be an ev- every Sunday kind of relationship where you pray on Sundays or whatever. But what we do is, when we take these approaches and when we try to do things on our own and we move back into... What was going on here? Legalism? Are we cling to our, our, you know, our, our traditions in the way that we were raised? And, uh, and and sometimes that's a that's a that's a real war that goes on inside of us. Is I was raised this way, but the Bible says this for me to do this. All right. And sometimes we got to go against the way that we were raised to be biblical, and, and that can be tough, right? And, and so there is this war going on, and there is this this urging. But I'm, I'm telling you that if you, if you give into that, then your relationship will be estranged with Jesus Christ. And it says that you who attempt to be justified by the law, and we know that you can only be justified through faith, through Jesus Christ. It is the gift of Jesus Christ. And here's the thing. We try to do it on our own, and we can't get there. And the relationship is that we push him away and say, I got it. And, you know, I don't need your help right now. And usually it's because, you know, we're doing things that we don't really want to include. Let's just be honest. We don't really want to include Jesus in some of the things that we do because, you know, if I want Jesus to know I'm doing that. Honestly, be honest with yourself, all right? And that's sometimes where we end up. It's like, you know, I can't, I can't bring Jesus on this because I'm not really doing it right. But... Here's the deal, we end up in in a horrible place and we're trying to justify and get there on our own and we are removing Jesus Christ from the equation. And what we talk about here is that we should be celebrating salvation in every aspect of our life. Salvation is not something that happens once. Salvation is a constant thing happening in your life because we are still covered in our flesh and we still live in a world that gives into the flesh and that tempts the flesh. And we have salvation. We are being made new. Each and every day we are being made new. We are a new, create, a new creation created through Jesus Christ. We killed the old guy and we were raised in life through Jesus Christ. And we need to celebrate it each and every day in every aspect of our lives. And salvation should be something that jumps through our lives. And when we try to do things on our own, we are trying to be our own savior, we are trying to be our own Christ, and we become estranged from the true Christ. And it profits us nothing. And it says that you have fallen out of grace. And what that means is that Jesus can't bless us when we're trying to bless ourselves. Jesus can't come in and provide the victory when we're trying to win the victory on our own. And what we need to do is to cling to Him and look to Him and give Him all the glory for every victory in our lives and look to Him for the path and for the guidance and the direction. But too many times we remove Jesus Christ from all the systems and all the decision making in our lives and we remove the gift of grace that he wants to give us each and every day. So ask yourself this. If you feel like you haven't been blessed lately, don't blame Jesus. Look and see where you're removing Jesus from your lives and then plug him in. And I guarantee you, you'll see grace and blessings. Amen? For we through the Spirit eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. And there it is. Don't be driven by fear. I mean... If you, if you look and, and, and you kind of translate what all the talking heads and everything on, on both sides, I'm talking about both sides, all across the spectrum, anybody who's got this platform and, and they put out stuff, what is their number one motivational tool that they use? Fear. Somebody's coming, they're different than you, or somebody's out for themselves, or they're not helping, it's all fear on both sides, even in the middle. Everything is driven by fear. And fear is the enemy of faith. And instead of being able to say, I am going to serve, regardless of the people I like, regardless of the people that, you know, agree with me, I am going to serve, I am going to step out and do the things that Christ is calling me to do, I am going to live in the hope of righteousness by faith, we are driven into these holes and into this bondage through fear. And I want you to look at the places in your life where you are failing, where you have trouble and division, and I promise you that one of the major motivations in your life is fear. And faith will destroy fear. And it says that, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision avails anything. Both sides are wrong. There it is. Both sides were wrong. And it says here, that might be a statement of today, maybe. And then that last line right there. But faith, got to have faith, got to live in faith. But what has to be the driving force of our faith? It says it up there, right? It's love. And that is the root of every, hopefully, and I pray, and every message I ever give is where we are to love. If we are Christians, if we have Jesus Christ living in us, then they will know us. They will be able to identify us by the way that we love each other. Will you hurt people? Sure. Will you make mistakes? Sure. Will there be divisions in your life? Sure. But if you approach it with love, then that increases the ability for unity, for forgiveness, for all the good things in life. But you can't remove Jesus Christ. You can't remove him. And I'm asking you this morning, reflect on your life. See if you're standing on Jesus Christ, or are you trying to do things on your own? Are you trying to be your own savior? Are you trying to provide your own grace? because it can't happen, and you'll end up in bondage. I ask you to stand this morning. This is a pretty tough, reflective set of Scripture. It's extremely important. It's extremely important because... A lot of times we don't take a, a honest look at ourselves. Sometimes we don't take a honest audit of the things that we're doing in our lives. And for all the reasons I mentioned, we like to blame people, we like to be the victim, we like to be the, the ones that people feel sorry for, and it's, that's not Christianity. Christianity is having the ability to love, to forgive, to get past that stuff, to serve, and to take the blessings that God gives you and use them in a way that not only blesses you and your family, but also extends to uh, The Bible says we should be a fountain of love, a fountain of blessings. Thank you for tuning into Star Church's sermon. We truly hope that the sermon edified you today and brought you closer to the Lord. For more information about Star Church, visit our website at stargbchurch.com. Once again, that's stargbchurch.com. If you would like to visit our church, our address is 4925 State Road, 142 North, El Dorado, Illinois, zip code 62930. We now pray that God will bless you as you enter the mission field and bring his word to the world. And, as always, we will see you next time here at Star Church.